Hello, I hope this finds you well. I go by the name of RW, and this is Movie Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the movie After Yang. Now this is a newer movie, newer as in it was made in the last decade, 2021, so when it was released. It was directed by a filmmaker by the name of Koganada. Now, to uh, this movie is a family drama through a science fiction framework. The story takes place in a, I'd like to think, relatively distant future. And I believe that was the intention of the filmmaker. And I'm going to, I'm going to preface this talk with this quote from Lao Tzu. All things in the cosmos arise from being. Being arises from non-being. Okay, I'm gonna try not to be too serious about it, but I honestly can't help it. This I I like this movie a lot. It it made me think about a lot of things. I liked this movie simply for as it is as a movie, as something beautiful. and something that explores matters of life and death. Something that any good work of art should strive to do. That in my opinion, not enough, not enough media does. The story is centered around a small family with an adopted daughter who is fairly young. I'm sure the act the actor was about six or seven. I'm just gonna say this. I one thing I really, really appreciated about this film is it didn't cross that ethical line of having the child actor have to cry. Cause the second I saw this and I realized okay this is a movie about uh, losing a family member it made me think, okay, they're going to have a scene where this kid has to cry and there's a director directing a kid crying. And they didn't do that. They, the emotions are still conveyed properly. And the performance from this child actor is still convincing. And very sweet. They live in a future, once again, I think that they, this is supposed to be a distant future, but it has, it seems to have all the markings of, it's just a distant enough future. You know, there's self-driving cars, modern architecture, integration of Chinese culture, you know, the people dance for social credits, you know, it's all good stuff.
and I think I personally see it as being a hopeful future. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't a, I don't want to do politics on this podcast. I don't, I don't read into these films with any kind of political agenda. Agenda. If anything, my readings are probably semiotic. I think that's the word. But I haven't really, I don't like, I don't know enough words like that. I'm still working through my fo- my focus is to work through ancient literature and learn more about the world before I get into And even then, like, seriously, I'm just not trying to do politics. But I, but I will say this. I think a lot of film podcasts do try to do politics. And that's dumb as hell. And that's why I'm going to reaffirm something that I've said before, but let me just make it very clear. I will fight any film critic. Or cultural writer. Or whatever. I don't care what you're about. I will fight you. I don't have any beef with anybody. This only specifically goes out to critics and cultural writers. I will not beef with any artist. I'm just here to talk about your work. And for the most part, I want to talk about what I like about these movies that I talk about. I have no time to share my words with other critics. Only these hands. So whatever happens, happens, but that's just on the table. But enough about that. Let's talk about After Yang. The story of this film, in this In this distant future, the implication being that it takes place um, after a long war between the United States and China. During a period of peace and, I guess, technological convergence, since human beings live among artificial beings. And artificial beings are manufactured by corporate entities as, as organic matter, shown through the character of Yang, an android, an android with flesh, who can drink tea, who can capture memories and who can investigate. He's curious. The character is curious and he's capable of questioning consciousness and whether he has, whether he is conscious. It's the most fascinating portrayal in media of AI that I've seen 
remains noteworthy. So, and what's crazy about it is, it's 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 like this. The story is about a family who, a mother and father with a young daughter who they own Yang. He's, to them, a product that they bought to help raise their daughter. To to serve as a teacher and as a big brother. And the film opens with Yang malfunctioning and breaking and for all intents and purposes dying. So in that sense, I think an easy theme to derive from this film is that of loss. But I see this as being much deeper than that. If anything, the idea of loss is abstracted. It's seriously abstracted. The first scene that even that even shows Yang as being dead is this shot of Colin Farrell's character having him hunched over his body walking out the door. You know, the adult characters, they treat Yang as a, uh, as a thing. And they don't... The way they grieve for him is abstracted. Maybe I'm it's 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 like it's it's like this and this is partially what I liked about this movie. The emotions that these characters show is is nuanced. And that could be to express that they the characters live in a brutal society where people in this future are more shut off. Maybe it's Koganada trying to make a statement about the convergence of AI by maybe showing the humans as being just as detached as the artificial beings. I'm not sure, but I, I, I but I think it, I think it worked for this movie. One reading of it is that it's one could probably find an anti-human reading from this movie, but I think that Koganata approached these ideas very delicately and from what I feel is a humanist perspective because this is still a movie about a family and about love. Really what I think the the real themes of this movie outside of loss is that of being, memory, time, and culture. 
I see this as a delicate, thoughtful work of art from a filmmaker who's definitely done his research. You can you can definitely see the influence of a early filmmaker like Ozu in this film. My thoughts, the way the, the, the cinematography and its emphasis on the details and the thirds, it makes me think of something like Tokyo Story. And the that that what I referenced earlier as the emotional subtlety and possible lack of emotion in the characters, it makes me it makes me think of the work of Brisson and his theory of actors as models. Which would, which would definitely track, given the idea of the character of Yang. I, I was thoroughly impressed by every, every scene that was captured. I, I loved the lighting, the wardrobe, the set design. the presentation of this technology without any heavy-handed statements. Like, sure, they're riding around in self-driving cars, but there's no reference to their government or their society in that way. What The only technological references are that which affects the family life. And that's namely that which the characters consider family, being that the android Yang or the neighbor character's clone children. That's the other thing about this uh, story in this universe is there's clones. Now, something I also really liked is the, uh, the scenes of the characters on phone calls. They, there's no scenes of anyone with uh, any using any kind of communication. You don't see them. You don't see the medium itself. You don't see the phone or whatever. What you see when you when the characters are communicating over the phone is a uh, portrait shot of the character with a kind of grain to it and is shot in a different uh, aspect ratio. Like uh, more, I, I, I don't know my, I don't know these terms yet, but it's, 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 not, it's not wide, it's uh, square. Maybe they used a different camera for it, but it's, it's interesting because it, it still presents the idea that these are characters in a different place communicating over um, a type of FaceTime-esque medium it, it it makes me think of uh uh this idea that McLuhan had of that when you're on the phone you don't have a body 
that's just what it makes me think of. I, I have, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can dig deeper into the thought. It's a little too, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't think deeper, but just keep that. But I just think that's something that, that, that it brought to my mind when I would see these scenes. But what's interesting is those scenes with those portrait shots are some of the, a, a few of the only scenes where you see something like a close-up of one of the characters. For a lot of these shots, it's mostly wide with the characters shown more in the background. And there's emphasis on objects in the left and right third of the screen for much of them, which might be it might, which might be a statement on society or something. I'm not sure. I'd be curious to ask uh, Koganata about this. It seems it seems to be intentional. The, the other scenes that show characters in portrait are that are those scenes from Yang's perspective. The first scene of the film is from Yang's perspective because it's him taking a photograph of the family. But it's not shown from the camera's perspective, it's shown from his eyes' perspective. As the the important plot beat is that Colin Farrell's character takes Yang to several mechanics to try to fix him, to revive him. And it's unsuccessful as they bought Yang used and he's reached the end of his he's reached the end of his life and but one of the people the mechanics that he takes him to at a museum offers him a chance to see Yang's memories through this uh, viewing device these eyeglasses so throughout the movie Farrell watches Yang's life through these series of small snippets of memories which I really I really liked that that Yang's memories are shown as little two second clips that he chose to capture it seems to be an investigation of what memory really is and I think that that I think that it makes sense. I I think that if we did have beings like this, they would function like this. I we already do this when we take pictures. This is it's relevant and. But okay, so back to the thing about the the portrait shots and the close ups. That those those are those scenes. There's a scene of Yang, a memory of Yang looking at himself in the mirror, and equally a memory of him taking that photograph of his family. And it's fascinating. I don't know. It just it makes it makes you think. It makes me think of, is the camera a device that memorizes? 
are those memories that we create through analogs is that memory. Probably not, because, you know, we I don't really know if we fully know what memory is. I don't I I don't know if we're supposed to know. There's something more cosmic there. But this is science fiction, so it can they can investigate these ideas. This is a movie about time and its brutality. The future that these characters live in is, from what I can see, a brutal future. Colin Farrell's character runs a tea shop, as his passion is in the art of tea. And it's implied that uh, his work is undervalued in society, shown by a woman being, uh, feeling that her time is being wasted being in his shop, that he doesn't sell uh, tea crystals or... Uh, essentially like what the modern expectation of tea you know as a fast beverage keurig kind of situation there's a long scene during during the scene where uh, colin farrell first looks through yang's memories he recalls his own memory of spending time with yang talking to him about tea and Yang basically trying to investigate human feeling, being that that's something he can't or thinks that he can't feel, that he can't appreciate the taste of tea in the way a human can. But then, but then and what surprised me, it shows him drinking the tea. So it brings back to mind that the character is you know, he is an organic being. And I think that's interesting that... I just I don't know, I just think there's, there's, there's so many ideas here. I feel like I'm not even scraping the surface of, like, the ideas that this guy was trying to get to with time and memory. Because it doesn't just show Yang's memories it shows the characters memories colin farrell and jody turner smith their memories of yang are also shown and they distinguish between these shots of memories by whenever the human character recalls something lines of dialogue are repeated like a stutter it's like how i fucking talk in regular conversation it's great and uh the most telling things about uh the character of yang that they present is that well one that 
he can that that he falls in love. And this is the big reason. This this is why I would recommend that you watch this movie. I don't want to go deeper into this detail because it it would kind of ruin the plot. But it does ask the question, can an AI person experience emotions and feeling? And can they love? And then equally, can... Do they offer an understanding of mortality? And are they afraid of death? And also, can they lie? Which is, they definitely can. That's, uh, that seems to me to be a certainty. And there's a fantastic scene with, uh, Smith and Yen. Let me actually find out the name of the actor that plays Yang. He was so he, the character was so so lived through through this. Ironically, because he's playing an an android, Justin H. Min. Fantastic performance, all around. From from every actor, but this scene of. The scene of, of the, the, the mother asking her android son if he can lie. And basically him responding to her with a lie by stating, I don't think I'm programmed to do so. And she kind of intuitively catches him in, in this lie. That's how I interpreted that scene. It's, it's a wonderful scene. A lot of thought. A lot of thoughts there. And then finally, just on a smaller note, this movie does seem to offer an investigation into what culture is. They, the family, they rationalize their purchase of Yang as being a way to educate their adopted Chinese daughter about her cultural heritage. Namely through uh, Yang's appearance as a Chinese person and his encyclopedic computer brain knowledge like there's a there's a very touching scene memory scene of the daughter and yang walking through a um a tree tree garden so he can discuss the idea of branches of trees intermingling and growing together so so the daughter can see this as a metaphor for her being a part of this family that adopted her. But then and but then at the end 
Colin Farrell asks Yang's girlfriend if he wanted to be human, and she responded that he mostly questioned whether or not he was Asian and what it meant to be Asian. So I'm not saying that this movie is trying to be indicting of anything, but it does offer this question of what culture is. Because that can be a Like, you know, what is it? I don't know. All I know is that we as people have it, and it seems to be necessary and nurturing to the soul. And, but, yeah, what is it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm a white American. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I like this movie. I really like this movie. I uh I don't I don't I I want to I wanted to talk about this movie today to give it its proper praise to all of the principal actors to the cinematographer, the set designers, everybody that was involved. I think that Koganada has created what I see as a landmark film. And I want to give him credit for answering the call of the form. He, to me, I have, this is the only movie by this man I've seen, but I, 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 can, I can just tell by watching it and reading about his work that he gives honor to cinema. And through his work, he honors the great directors that came before him. He has a respect to these works and an obvious love of the craft. In just seeing this, it gives me hope for the future of the medium. As a visual storyteller and as a director of actors, he explores these he explores these brutal emotional ideas with brevity, grace, and humanity. This is a wonderful film, and I can't wait to see what he does next. So that's uh, my thoughts on After Yang. Now, being that this is a uh, science fiction film, and I, I sensed a, a, a bit of a uh, thread of Bradbury influence I'm sure, I know this is based on a short story, and whoever wrote it, I'm sure they fucking read Bradbury, because that's basic sci-fi. But I wanted to read a few lines from some poems that Bradbury borrowed some ideas and titles from. I'm going to read a few stanzas from Walt Whitman's I Sing the Body Electric. 
I have perceived that to be with those I like enough. To stop in company with the rest at evening is enough. To be surrounded by beautiful, curious, breathing, laughing flesh is enough. To pass among them or touch any one or rest my arm ever so lightly round his neck or her neck for a moment, what is this then? I do not ask any more delight. I swim in it as a sw- excuse me. I swim in it as a sea. There is something in staying close to men and women and looking on them and in contact and odor of them that pleases the soul well. All things please the soul, but these please the soul well. Thank you for listening.